Back to school season is coming up, which can be difficult for those going through a divorce. This is especially true when alcohol and child safety is a concern. On the Moms Moving On podcast, you know it is my mission to make divorce the easiest on children. And if you are preparing for co-parenting during back to school and you're worried about your child's safety, then you have to know about Soberlink. I've partnered with Soberlink to help offer resources to help you navigate the upcoming back to school season. Soberlink is a remote alcohol monitoring technology created to help prove sobriety in custody cases. The system includes a high-tech breathalyzer device with facial recognition that allows you to receive real-time updates from monitored co-parents anytime, anywhere, allowing for swift intervention for improved child safety. They have helped hundreds of thousands of people document proof of sobriety in real time for peace of mind during child custody cases. Soberlink is currently offering free back-to-school and divorce packets that include a Q&A with a top divorce attorney, back-to-school checklist, communication tips, and more. Request your free packet today at www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. One of the things I hear all the time, and I think this really affects female attorneys more so than male attorneys, I want a bulldog. I want someone that's going to go into court and they're just going to rip everybody apart. And I want to be in court for as long as possible. And I hear these words all the time. I want to just win. And when I hear that from a client, I get the goosebumps on my arms and I say, okay, let's put a stop just a moment. Let's pause. What does winning mean to you? because we all have a different perspective of the win. And in my opinion, when you drag a case out as long as possible, nobody wins. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so happy you're here today because we're answering a question that I get in my DMs all day, every day, in my email inbox. People on the street stop me and ask me this question. Do I need a shark attorney? What would that do for me? And we have none other than Alyssa Honickman on with us today. She's a South Florida divorce attorney. She's been a divorce attorney for a while. And I love that her passion for family law is rooted in her belief that every person deserves to be happy. Sometimes you need a little guidance in finding what your true happiness really means to you and how it can add a positive perspective to your daily life. So she's like family law with a side of positivity, which usually is hard to find. Alyssa, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here and be a part of this amazing podcast. Tell us a little bit about like your foray into the divorce world. Sure. So originally when I became an attorney, I did not want to do family law and I didn't really want any part of this chaos. I'm going to just call it that. (laughs) Yeah, insanity. Exactly. And I saw a lot of friends and family going through divorces and I saw how kids were just kind of dragged through the system. But I started my career as a prosecutor doing only criminal law. And what actually drove me directly into family law was when I had a position at the state attorney's office here in Broward County working in the domestic violence division. Mm. And that was a game changer for me in my entire career. 
because I saw victims of true, what I would consider true victims of domestic violence being dragged into family court without really understanding what family court is all about. And I got very involved with some of my victims as far as following them once their criminal case was resolved because I cared about them and their families and their kids, really. And then when I got into the, really got into the relationships that were involved in how the domestic violence affected their families, I would start observing them in their family court cases. And I saw, I said, you know, Michelle, I said, no, no, absolutely not. This is not right. I have to get involved. And that's when I really started my career and my shift from criminal law into family law. And it was a pretty easy switch for me because I already knew the rules of evidence and I knew how to try cases. But now it was the emotional sensitive side, which I felt really needed help. Yeah. And it still needs help. And I think there's just this, we've come so far in the world of divorce, at least, I mean, I think where we're normalizing divorce, this is like not a taboo subject anymore, but there are still some really outdated beliefs. Like I need to get the toughest, you know, most litigious lawyer there is, and I'm going to drag my ex to the bank or whatever. And I, I cringe because I think what people don't realize is your lawyer has two things they can do. They can help get you divorced or they can fuel a fire that rages so hard it never goes out years after the divorce is finalized. So I guess we'll kick it off with what are some of the myths um, that you hear about quote unquote good lawyering and the family divorce in the family court world? That's such a good question. We could really talk about this for hours and I know we're not here for that long, but one of the things I hear all the time, and I think this really affects female attorneys more so than male attorneys, I want a bulldog. I want someone that's going to go into court and they're just going to rip everybody apart. And I want to be in court for as long as possible. And I hear these words all the time. I want to just win. And when I hear that from a client, I get the goosebumps on my arms and I say, okay, let's put a stop just a moment. Let's pause. What does winning mean to you? Because we all have a different perspective of the win. And in my opinion, when you drag a case out as long as possible, nobody wins. And until somebody really, I think, takes a look at their bank account is when it really starts hitting home where they say, oh, no, I'm not winning. And a big sign for me is now that I have two little kids, I look at people's retirement accounts and their prepaid college accounts, especially here in Florida, you know, the Florida prepaid college account. And I watch how families literally dissolve that entire account for their children fighting with their ex. And that's just one part of it, right? Like you're not just draining your bank account. Like the collateral damage of this spills out onto your kids. There's no way your kids don't feel it. Even if you're not talking to them about it, the tension is there. And this is what they're living every day while you think you're getting what's fair for you. Right. And and the term winning is so subjective because I, I always ask my clients, what do you mean by winning? Winning for me is a time when you're actually sitting at a table virtually or, you know, in your office with your attorney, not in front of a judge, but you're sitting as two adults and you're saying to each other, what can we do to fix this problem so we can be better parents for our kids? Mm-hmm. And what happens a lot of times when we go back to talking about myths and things like that, what happens is a lot of attorneys, and I'm talking South Florida because that's primarily where I practice, Palm Beach, Broward, and Dade, they want to continue 
the narrative. They want to continue the drama, continue the chaos. And there's a million reasons as to why they would do that. But all it does, in my opinion, is hurts the family. A hundred percent. And I think more and more as we see like a, a shift towards collaborative divorce and mediation is really growing in popularity. Hopefully, you know, we can drown out the noise of those those fighters that don't do anybody any good. So when when somebody is under the impression that they need a shark, right? They come to you and and they say to you, like, you know, I want to drag his ass to court and and rip him to pieces. What do you say to that person? Well, first of all, I want to know what is the biggest reason they want to bring this case to court. And when you file a divorce case, you're not necessarily, I mean, I maybe that's a myth. I'll go back to the whole myth situation. It's not necessarily you're going in front of a judge. I think there's a big misnomer with just because you file your divorce, you're automatically going in front of a judge. That's not true. You might not see the judge for seven months, eight months. I Some counties, it's like a year. <laughs> you I it. was so like under the impression that when I got divorced, I'd be sitting in court with like witnesses. I had no idea. And that mediation was going to be like that scene in Wedding Crashers in the oh. beginning where they're like, you take the miles. No, you take them. And they're like fighting over, you know, at the same table. This, But this is how most people think because, yes. I mean, hello, they don't teach you this in school. No, and a lot of times, and it's for a good reason, this is everybody's first rodeo, you know, for lack of a better term. And a lot of people, I have some repeat clients in my office, but a lot of times this is their first case, you know, and their first time ever being in front of a judge. So a lot of the work that gets done when you file a case is all behind the scenes. You're not seeing a judge and your filings really are what you want the judge to potentially read and listen. They're not reading your divorce case the second you file it in any county that I'm aware of in Florida. They might not ever read it until they have to read it and you're in front of a hearing and the judge has to, you know, make a decision. But a lot of times it comes down to why. What is your why? What is the reason you want this case to move forward? And that why question, I think, is really triggering for people because some of them don't even know. They don't know why they want this nasty case. They don't know what's best for them. They know that they're hurting. Maybe, unfortunately, their child or children were hurting in some way. And they want to get revenge against the other party. It's so emotionally driven. And I do feel that that's where some clients might be taken advantage of because, you know, we're kind of meeting their emotions with, yeah, like, let's fight. Let me tell you what you want to hear. And I cringe when, when a client will come to me for guidance through the process and say, well, my lawyer promised me that X, Y, and Z is going to happen. And my lawyer promised that I'm going to be able to have more custody than my ex. And I'm like, wait a second. What happened? Red flag. How do you promise that? Well, I mean, that that's another big issue, I think, with a lot of family law attorneys. Um, and I'm talking South Florida primarily. You can't promise anything. I don't care what area of law you're practicing. You, as an attorney, ethically, you can't make any promises. Our job is to guide our clients to tell them what are the pros and cons of any given situation. You can't make promises, but you're absolutely right. I hear it all the time. I was promised $1,000 in child support plus $1,700 in alimony and yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, where did those numbers come from? I don't know where that was calculated. And half the time they don't even know. And probably the lawyer doesn't either. They were just shooting from the hip to possibly, you know, get the client signed up or make them excited that they were going to get some huge win in court, which to me demeans the whole process. Totally. So I want to know 
from the mouth of a divorce attorney, what are some major red flags when you are, because I always advise people go out and talk to three different attorneys and they'll know which one they align with the most, but what are some major red flags to look out for when you are interviewing divorce attorneys? Oh, wow. That's a big subject. Um, I, I would start out with saying anybody that promises an outcome to you in a meeting is not a good choice. Mm-hmm. There's legal reasons why that's wrong. But if we take the legal reasons aside and we think about the emotions, that particular attorney is creating a narrative, as I like to say, and creating a conclusion, which we can't do that. Mm-hmm. They don't have all the facts. Mm-hmm. They never have all the facts at the first meeting. And, you know, there's two sides to every story. Sometimes people say three sides to every story, right? So you have to have enough facts to be able to accurately advise your client appropriately as to whatever whatever the issue may be. So that's the first one. The second one that I would say is a red flag is without even knowing what the other, um, and we're not really necessarily talking about divorce, you know, it could be uh, paternity cases, child support matters, you know, the, well, the other um, parent, we'll call it the other co-parent, um, making, I would say, conclusions about the other person's reputation or personality. Mm-hmm. I hear that a lot. Well, your ex must be a this, or your ex has to be a narcissist. So therefore you're going to get this in court. You know, they I, throw these terms around. Every client that comes my way, and Alyssa, there's a lot of them right now. It's, well, no, my lawyer definitely thinks my ex is a narcissist. I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> let's they take met a look person? at this. <laughs> right, right, right. It's crazy to me how that's become like a money-making word. My God. Well, I think it's driven by a lot of, you know, uh, social media, I think definitely is a big part of that. And just what what the common perception is about, you know, somebody getting divorced or, um, you know, it happens often. It's obviously not favorable, but some parties have other relationships on the side. You know, they're they're having some form of infidelity and. It's important when you hear that in a meeting from an attorney, what their perspective is about that moving forward with the case. Ooh, because that's in, a really good point. Because in Florida, uh, maybe people don't know this, but they'll hear it from our your podcast today, Michelle, that Florida is a no-fault state. You can file yeah. for divorce for whatever reason you want. The Florida fact is the Wild West, man. The Wild West. There you go. <laughs> that's true. I mean, other states, absolutely not. You are guaranteed X amount of support. You get X amount of money from their bank account. In Florida, no. It is an absolute no. The only way infidelity comes into a case, and we're, I'm talking divorce for, for this purpose of this particular subject, is if you can prove that somebody has committed what we call marital waste or marital dissipation, which means spending excessive amounts of money on their side person, their mm-hmm. side girl, their side boy, whatever it is. Uh, I'm just going to say that because I know people have other names for the side person, but that's it. And let me tell you something. If it's been going on for a while, they probably are not going to be stupid enough to put all of those charges on a credit card or a debit card or in some account that the other party has access to, because then, hey, it wouldn't be secret anymore, right? Right, exactly. I mean, and and I, I think that's a really good point. Like you need to gauge your lawyer's views on what you've experienced, right? Like it's, if you come into this and you're devastated and your lawyer's like, oh, it's no big deal, you're going to feel really dismissed. And that's probably how the rest of the case is going to go from what I've experienced. Things that may be a big deal to you, you need your lawyer to like emotionally connect with you on. Otherwise, 
you know, I just, it's a mismatch for me. Okay. Give me one more red flag. And then I want to talk about some green flags. Some green flags. Those are good. Um, let me think of the, the other red flag I would say. Um, hmm. Can I bring one up for you and you can give me your opinion? Yes, please. So I had a client a couple of years ago who was divorcing her husband and both were, you know, pretty independently successful in their own right. They had, there was money on the table and my client said, you know what? I also have my own money. I have the capacity to earn. I'm not going to take him for what I can get because I just don't think it's necessary. He still has to raise our children and whatever. They were very amicable. And she would call me in a panic because her lawyer kept like forcing her, like, he has this much money. What do you mean you don't want to go after it? Why wouldn't you want to take that? And the lawyer threatened to fire her as a client if she did not want to work harder to like gut her ex-husband. And I, this was the first time I had seen it in, in, my practice and I mm-hmm. was floored. Wow. Well, I, I see that a lot. And when you're talking about your perspectives need to be aligned, your lawyer needs to understand what's important to you. And I like to look at families. Families are always individual. You can have the exact same mom and dad with the same jobs. You can have the kids that are the same age going to the same school and the same activities. But inside the home, the way the home is run and the perspectives of the parents can change and they should change. You know, even families can change day to day, you know, as to what's important. So your attorney needs to understand what's important to you and they need to align with that instead of coming in with their own agenda, which just is sad, but it happens. It happens a lot. It happens. And when you don't know, you don't know. So that's why we're talking about it today. We have Alyssa Honickman on with us, a very compassionate and fair South Florida divorce attorney. It's here. Oh my God, I can't believe it. My book is officially out in the world. Have you ordered it yet? It's called Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and comes out the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. So order it now. What are you waiting for? Now I'm going to talk about some green flags. What do you want to hear from your divorce attorney, since it's not always going to be bad? No, let's hope not. Right. Um, You know, some of my clients that call, they don't necessarily, Michelle, want it. They don't, they usually want legal advice and that's my job, but sometimes they really just need some help on a given subject. And one of the biggest areas that I see is child pickup and drop off. That is one of the most common areas of conflict. And what I try to tell my clients, first of all, let me back up for a minute because I had a case yesterday that actually reminded me of some things to talk about with you today. You have to make sure your clients are empowered by the things that they are extremely well prepared for and actually succeed in. And I say that because I know I'm a parent. Parenting is hard. We have good days. We have bad days. And our kids challenge us. I feel like every minute of the day, it's a new challenge. So 
when you have a mom, like I have in a lot of my cases and men and women, sometimes the dads are actually much better than the, the moms when it comes to parenting, which I think that I always, I always call that out because that's a big deal for me. But tell, to try to explain to them, I know you're upset about this. And there was an issue that happened at, you know, the car line on Monday afternoon. But once you got your child home and you were able to sit down with them and work with them, look how amazing you were able to deal with that issue with your child, to keep the kid out of the problem. Yep. And I try, and I know there's a lot of lawyers out there that agree with me and there's some that don't, maybe it's against popular opinion, but I always try to challenge my clients to think about the kids and what would be best for them. Mm -hmm. Because what's best for you is good for you. But if it's not good for your kids, I'm never going to tell a client to do it. I don't care how much money is on the table. I'm not going to advise them to take that step because it will hurt their kids. Mm -hmm, exactly. And I think that should be the number one. I tell people all the time, you're not getting divorced. Your entire family is getting divorced and you may never have to like sleep next to your ex-spouse ever again, but your child will be in their home for the next however many years. So if you're not divorcing from this perspective of your child, then you're doing it wrong. And I love that you're a lawyer who would suggest that. I think it's important, you know, and the other thing I would say when we're talking about green flags is if your client is having, I don't want to say like, um, second thoughts, but maybe that's a good way to describe it. Like you're advising them to take a certain step and you think it's going to be helpful for them. And they decided the last minute I decided to go a different direction. It's my job as the attorney to make sure the client understands what consequences or positive things can come out of that decision. And I think Give me a an lot example, of, like a okay, different direction sure. in what sense? Perfect example happened yesterday. I had a really good offer on a case to resolve an issue related to child support and temporary time sharing. I felt it was fair. It was more than the judge would have ever awarded in this case. And we had an agreement on Friday. My client decided on Saturday, it was not a good idea. And she wanted to go a different direction because she didn't want to make the decision. She wanted the judge to tell her ex how much money he had to pay her in child support. She also thought she was going to get more, but oh, you know, yeah. I, that's what do they say? You know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Uh -huh. I think is what my mom used to tell me when <laughs> yeah. I was a kid. 100%. And I, I was trying to explain that to her in you know, different, different format. It was an all weekend thing. We talked about it. And then we ended up going to court yesterday and I talked to my client before court and I said, you could get more, you could get less. She totally changed her mind, but she was prepared sitting down in front of, cause we were on zoom in front of the judge to understand that whatever happens, happens. It's out of my hands. It's out of her hands. She decided not to take an offer that I thought was a good offer for her. So I have to get on board with my client. I have to right. explain to her good and bad, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, and what would be best for her. And she made a solid choice. And it was interesting because the judge on this case, actually, we were on the Zoom, told the lawyers to step aside for a minute because she wanted to talk to the mom and dad. And they settled it right there. And wow. Oh my it's God. rare. It doesn't happen often, but right. And she said, you're the mom and you're the dad. And these are your two kids. And I know your lawyers have advised you on what could happen in court. And I will make a decision today. And that's my job, but I want you both to take, at least take one more chance and try to resolve it. And, you know, the lawyers were there. She got off the record. We chatted, we had an agreement and it was actually more money than the offer was on Friday, but not really, not substantially enough. Right. But when you talk about green flags, it was my job to explain to my client this is the potential outcome, good, bad, and ugly. And if you want to take the chance, you go to court. 
I love that education, empowerment, giving them their options. I think that is so important instead of forcing a client to into a situation without letting them know they have other choices. Okay. Give me one last green flag. Let's say we have somebody who's between two divorce attorneys. What is the biggest green flag for our listeners in terms of finding the right divorce attorney for them? I would say the attorney listens. That the attorney actually is able to listen to what the client is saying and respond appropriately. Mm-hmm. I've been in situations, even at doctor's offices, teacher meetings, you name it, where I'm talking and talking and the other person is not listening to any single thing that I'm saying. And their response is totally opposite as to what my issue is. Right. That's a big problem. Sometimes as lawyers, we have to be quiet, sit still for a minute, take a couple moments, hit that pause button and listen to what our clients are saying, because that makes me a better lawyer. And it makes my client understand that I'm, I'm really there for them and I want to help them. And I understand. I love that. That's really important. I, I get so many complaints from people that like, you know, their, their attorneys won't respond to their emails or their phone calls or won't answer their questions. And, you know, I, I remind them that you shouldn't really go to your lawyer for every little thing, but you, your lawyer should also have a little empathy and respond to you in a way that, you know, at least calms you down for the time being and, you know, tells you to take a deep breath, right? And that's, that's there's so much more than just the business of divorce. There are all the emotions behind it. And so I think the overview here is find somebody who cares about you, listens to your issues and wants to do right by you, not just right by their mindset or their wallet. I would agree, definitely. And we could probably talk about bad lawyering all day, right? <laughs> I, I, you know, we could also talk about like being or what to expect as a client of a divorce attorney, right? Because I, I love what I do because I feel like I'm the buffer between the client and the divorce attorney, because instead of going to the lawyer with every question that comes up in the middle of the night when you can't fall asleep or every text message your ex sends or like, what what should I make a big deal of? What should I not make a big deal of? I feel like I'm like a good buffer for that. But a lot of people go to their lawyers with all of these questions and then their bills are astronomical and then they don't feel like they've been taken care of. Do you, do you find this happens to you a lot? It happens probably three days a week, <laughs> yeah. of probably every week. And I need more people like, like what you do, Michelle, so that people can understand I think there's a difference between not listening and not caring about what a client is presenting and just physically not having enough time to review 37 pages of text messages so that I can accurately explain to the client what's important and what's not. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I've done that I think has helped over the years alleviate that stress in my practice is, and I have my assistant trained to do this as well, we say, put together an email and start the email on Monday but don't send it until Wednesday and bullet point. What are the issues? And if you have a bunch of text messages or you have emails or you have questions specifically related to an issue, like maybe it's a health issue. Like I have one case where they're having an issue about whether or not the parents are going to agree to put braces on the child and the cost of that. So as you know, as a parent, there's a lot going on between that. You know, it's not just a legal thing. It's a lot of questions involved in what age do you put braces on? What orthodontist do you use? On and on. So I say bullet point that and screenshot for me a couple of the messages that you receive from your ex or your co-parent and 
Tell me what those are and screenshot them. Then I understand right away what the problem is. I don't need to read 37 text messages to help you understand how to fix the problem. Right. But if you wait and start on Monday, I know by Wednesday it's ongoing. You can give me a more accurate update by Wednesday or two days later on uh -huh. what the issue is. And then we can respond and give you an answer that's quick and efficient and effective. That's a really, really, really invaluable tip. And if you're listening to this, I hope you pause and write this down because I love that. Put a little time between the issue, take time to think it through and condense the issue, right? Like yep. we are so fueled by these text messages as the divorcees because it's, you know, nobody knows how to push your button like an ex-spouse, mm -hmm. but just because they're pushing doesn't mean anything's happened yet or, or the lawyers need to respond in any which way. That's really great advice. Because I'm I'm not the type of person that's just going to file an emergency motion because it's an emergency right then and there. Right. Everything is an emergency in some people's families. Everything is urgent. Everything has to be addressed right away. But when you create emergencies out of things that maybe aren't, maybe they're urgent as opposed to an emergency, then they can properly be dealt with so that you're not that person that's, you know, crying wolf all the time. Like, I have a problem, right. I have a problem. You're, you're actually putting together your thoughts and you understand, okay, these are the issues. How can we fix them? Mm. And that way I'm not ignoring you. I know what's going on. I want to accurately help you, but give it a couple of days. You know, right. let's think about it. Yep. That time is valuable, especially when your emotions are high. Alyssa, this has been so great and so informative. Thank you so much for sharing all of your good lawyering tips. We know that you are a good lawyer. Where can people find you if they have more questions or want to work with you? Yes, thank you so much. So my office phone number is 954-761-2522. And then my website is www.honickman. And I'll spell that out. because. Oh my God, don't worry. I'll link it no. all. Honickmanlaw.com. <laughs> <laughs> and then my email is lisa, L-I-S-A, at honickmanlaw.com. Perfect. That will be linked as will your social media, right? You're on, you're on the socials yes. too. Yeah. LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Okay. Perfect. Um, thank you for listening, everybody. If you have more questions about lawyering, reach out to me or reach out to Alyssa. We'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.